Welcome to the City Hill Podcast. We really hope you enjoy today's message. And if you'd like to find out more about City Hill, please visit our website, cityhill.london. going father i thank you for your grace towards us i thank you for your love pray you'd be with us today and i pray you'd speak to us through um the investigations that we go through together lord in jesus name amen so we're starting a new series today which is based on a popular kids game among us so you may not know much about the game among us you may do some of the kids are smiling they're like yeah i know about among us and he's looking at me like this church is sus, and it is. In Among Us, what happens is you have a space station. The space station is broken down, and they have to repair it for them to survive. The only problem is one person on the space station that's playing the game as well is the imposter. The imposter is going around killing everyone as they do their investigation. And so if you don't work out who the imposter is quick enough and get rid of them, everyone in the game dies, the imposter wins, and ha ha ha, they all laugh and they, they mock everyone. And the imposter the whole way through is interfering. They're going like, no, that's not true. It wasn't me. It was this person for this reason. And it's just so funny watching kids absolutely lie, lie big time. They're like, no, I was there. I was doing the task. It was this kid, da da da, and all this kind of stuff. So today what we're going to do is we're going to go and look at a couple passages in the Bible. And as we take our time to read these passages, and you're going to have to do your super fast reading today like no one has ever read before. And we're going to then think about, well, what things in the passage are sus? Uh, and there's going to be a couple questions and a couple things. So this is the reason why, if you haven't got a notebook, it'd be really good to have one because you're going to want to write down a couple Bible verses. So in an investigation, you've got to be quick. Like if you snooze, you lose. Like you want to catch a robber, you want to catch an imposter, you've got to be quick on these things. So the first Bible verse I want you to write down and you're going to need your phones to look at your Bible is going to be Genesis 2 verse 7. So just write down Gen 2 dot dot 7 um, and then Genesis 2 verses 15 to 18 and Genesis 3. So the three things we're looking at for our first part of our investigation is Genesis 2 7, Genesis 2 15 to 18 and Genesis 3. What I want you to do is I want you to read as much of those texts as you can. I want you to think about what is sus, what is suspect to you. I want you to think about what observations you get as you read it. But the biggest thing here is the first question is what is wrong? If the space station they're on in the game is broken, when you read these passages, what is broken? Is there something broken in all of mankind in these passages? So I'm going to give you literally just a couple minutes to read through those verses. Don't worry, on the other investigations, there'll be less text to read. But this first one is important because we have to find out what's wrong on the space station or we're never going to be able to fix it. Okay, get going. Okay, guys, that's the end of the task. So I'm going to be calling a meeting in a second. I'm going to be asking you about the different things you found in your task. What was sus? What stood out to you guys? Um, humanity is broken. We are called to be the reconciliation of all things. In, in uh, 2 Corinthians, I think uh, 2 Corinthians, it says that we are called to be the reconciliation. Christ is reconciling the whole world to himself. So it's really important we fix the space station, the world that we're on. So first thing up, anyone want to say anything about Genesis 2.7? The first thing that we read, anyone at all, anyone have anything sus about that or anything interesting they found about that first verse about God breathing life into to Adam? Yeah, just the fact that 
dust like just the whole dust aspect I made guess. of dust yeah, yeah. yeah and god breathe life into yeah, yeah. That's, that's kind of a, a sus thing it stands out it's pretty pretty crazy yeah. uh the next bit genesis 2 15 to 18 does anyone have any thoughts or commentary they want to share on on, on that did anyone see anything about that that they thought was kind of he ordered them. I mean, he ordered Adam not to eat uh, from a, spe- a particular tree. Yeah. Um, and and also he said like he cannot be alone. So he he he, he made somebody else to, to be with him. I think that's so, I think that's really important. So one of the key things I want to first highlight today is that the first thing that God made man for was relationship with Him. The secondary relationship is with others. So a lot of us we try to fix our relationships to get to God. Like everything's right in our lives, doesn't work. You get in tune with God's relationship with you and then you start fixing the other relationships around you. That's the primary relationship you're built for. We're all built for relationship, but the primary relationship mankind is made for is relationship with God. Secondary is with others. That's, that's such a key thing. Genesis 3, we got to Genesis 3. Did anyone make it that far in the three minutes of the task? I know there's a lot to do in the task. Or does anyone from their recollection of basic understanding of Genesis 3 have anything at all they want to share from that? Matthew chapter 1. The first 
chapter of the gospel. You need to, of Matthew, you need to brace yourself because in Matthew, he's going to start with some mad distractions. But, you know, we're investigating here. We've got an important task to do and you need to find what the connection is between these two chapters. Um, I'm going to give you another, I'm going to give you four minutes this time because there's two chapters to look through. Four minutes. Okay, guys, I'm calling a meeting, calling a quick meeting. So did you get very far in reading Isaiah 7 and Matthew 1? Did anyone notice there's a connection between this task? In this task, there's a connection between these two chapters. If anyone has noticed what the connection is between... Emmanuel. <laughs> did anyone else see that one? Yeah, there we go. That's the connection. Yeah. He says it in one word. That's... You know, that's that, that kid in the class at school, isn't it? Like, just mic drop, drop it like a boast. Yeah, all of that for one word. All of that for one word. Mate, no one said that this would be easy. So, we were made to be with God. We were banned from the garden, straight out of Eden. We were separate from God. And then Isaiah 7 is this really strange chapter because what's happened is, it's like real life world, world problems. Like... The nation has got every other nation that surrounds it all at the gate, ready to kill them all and just take over the place. Everyone is afraid. It's actually where I think the phrase man got shook from because it says that the king's legs shook like trees in the forest shake. He was that scared that they were going to die and lose this because everyone had ganged up against them. And when they're outside and they're there and they're looking to the Lord to speak a word, and it just, I've got, a, I can't lie, it's like the deadest word you could ever get. Like if I was like, say at school and I knew there was like every gang from every surrounding postcode and they were all after me, the word I would not want to hear from the Lord is behold, a virgin will have a child and the child will be called Emmanuel, which is God with us. I mean, there'll be probably some guy at the back who goes, you know what, it says God with us. So I think we're going to, we're going to be all right in this thing. You know what I mean? <laughs> That's about it. Like, if you heard you're going to war as a nation and you're in the army and you're waiting to hear from the prime minister or the president of the United States and they've just asked, like, of the Lord for a word and he's gone, like, there's going to be a virgin who gives birth. You're like, well, that doesn't happen. Thank you so much for wasting our time before we all meet our impending doom. But this key, key verse is said and it encourages them and they go, we just got to take out of it that God is going to be with us. That God at some stage, God is going to be with us. At some stage, God isn't going to be separate anymore. At some stage, we're not going to be separate from the garden. At some stage, we're not going to be separate from the God that we were intimate with in the garden. At some stage, he's going to be among us. That God is going to be with us. And in Matthew chapter 1, when we hear this long line of begat, 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 and all this boredom, it comes down to this one moment of the Emmanuel. God is going to be with us God is going to be among us and there's been an imposter at the beginning that has caused this separation there's been an imposter at the beginning and he's trying to go around the whole of humanity the devil comes to steal kill and destroy and destroy and wipe out everything and cause death to reign in everyone this one man has come and he has come that he might give us life and life more abundantly and so God is among us we're going to still stay linked between these two books of the bible I want you to write down another uh, chapter to have a skim through and then I'll be a bit more precise with the second chapter to save you some time. I want you to write down Isaiah 49. 
Isaiah 49. And then I want you to write down Matthew 27, 46 to 54. So Isaiah 49. And then I want you to go to Matthew 27, 46 to 54. And I'm going to give you four minutes. So the hardest part is going to be in Isaiah. Because once you've read through Isaiah 49, when you get to Matthew, you'll be able to do it on a quick thing. Okay, so the four minutes for this task is starting now. Okay, calling the meeting, end of that task. So, does anyone know what the correlation between Isaiah 49 and Matthew 27, 46, 54 is? Did anyone just cheat and go straight to Matthew? <laughs> <laughs> Uh, we've got one, we've got one. I, I knew there'd be one person if you like, you know what? I know a better way to do this task. And then try some back backtrack. Legend, absolute legend. Anyone get it? Did you get it, Mo? Uh, we... I, think, I think it's suffering. Uh, suffering? Oh, yeah, 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 nearly. There's, there's a specific verse I'm looking at. Or does anyone want to read Matthew 27, 46, 54? Do the cheat code live for this bit. Who wants to read it out? For the, for the people in, yeah. Okay. Go on. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> How did that happen? Okay. Yeah. You spoke, you made a noise. <laughs> okay. Um, and about the ninth hour, Jesus cried out with a loud voice saying, Eli, Eli, lama sabachthani. Um, that is, my God, my God, why have you forsaken me? Some of those who stood there, when they heard that, said, this man is calling for Elijah. Immediately, one of them ran and took a sponge, filled it with sour wine and put it on a reed and offered it to him to drink. The rest said, let him alone. Let us see if Elijah will come to save him. And Jesus cried out again with a loud voice and yielded up his spirit. Then behold, the veil of the temple was torn in two from top to bottom and the earth quaked and the rocks were split and the graves were opened and the and many bodies of the saints who had fallen asleep were raised and coming out of the graves after his resurrection, they went into the holy city and appeared to many. So when the centurion and those with him who were guarding Jesus saw the earthquake and the things that had happened, they feared greatly saying, truly, this was the son of God. Yeah. Cool. Yeah. So the key thing between the two verses is what Jesus actually cries out aloud is he's actually quoting and um, I think it's in the Psalms, I think it's also in Isaiah as well, where, my God, my God, why have you forsaken me? And that's the thing that I want to hone in on right now, because I want to go back to the very beginning of our investigation, the first task, finding out where, what was broken on the station. How did things go wrong? How did all of humanity start encountering death? How did that become a thing that we all kind of had going on? And we looked at sin and we looked at the separation. We looked at being straight out of Eden, cast out of Eden, that separation and relationship from God. And then what we looked at is we started to look at that God starts to make a promise and a way back. And it starts at the beginning of Matthew's gospel of God becoming among us, God being with us, God becoming one of us. And then what we see here in Isaiah moving down and then moving into latter parts of Matthew is now we've gone from the point where Jesus enters in at the Christmas story as this baby, as Emmanuel, as God with us. But then at this point, it's about him on the cross and it's about his, his death for us and dying in our place. And Jesus dies on the cross in our place. But when he's on the cross, he finds out what it's like to be one of us. You see, the whole way through it 
it says that the Bible says that he who knew no sin never did anything wrong with his life became sin itself and when he becomes sin itself on the cross on the place of all people throughout all space and time taking on every sin of all mankind has ever committed and ever will commit in that moment he ends up crying out to his father going my god my god why have you forsaken me he knows what it's like to be adam he knows what it's like to be cast out of eden he knows what it's like to have to to to, to be naked and exposed And the interesting thing is at the end, it says that he committed his spirit to God. And in another gospel, it says, he says, Father, I commit my spirit to you. He gave his spirit over to him. So even when he felt that separation between him and God, he still didn't stop trusting God. That's the difference. Even when he who knew no sin became sin itself, he didn't then go and sin. He still was unwavering in his faith and his trust to God and his faithfulness to him. And it's in that faithfulness, it's in that moment, it's in that that we find our salvation and our deliverance. And then it said later on in that passage in Matthew that the temple veil was torn from top to bottom. You see, there was that separation in Eden where they had the intimacy with God and it was separated, it was ruined. And it's in this moment on the cross where he dies in our place that the intimacy, the veil is torn, it's taken away. God's no longer saying, I'm going to be in the temple in Israel, I'm going to be in the Holy of Holies, separate from everyone else because the division is there and the wall is up between us. But he's saying, now I'm going to come, there's going to be intimacy, that now he's going to be in us, that we could be temples of the Holy Spirit, that through Jesus' death and resurrection you and I can be forgiven we can be whole in our relationship with God and then beyond that we can start to experience again the relationship Adam met with God in the cool of Eve you and I can have God come and live within us and it's from that relationship being right and restored we can start healing the other relationships around us and we can start going around repairing the station around us we can start repairing humanity around us we can start doing it because In Corinthians, it says that Christ was reconciling the world to himself. He's reconciling all things to himself in Christ Jesus. And he calls us, you and I, to be a part of that. He calls us to not be the imposter. He calls us not to go around the station um, stabbing people in the back and killing people. He calls us to be going on task and repairing things. He calls us to join with him in bringing the station's health back to being. I'm going to pray for us. Father God, I thank you for the gospel. I thank you for your son, Jesus. I thank you, Lord, that I remember being broken. I remember those times being separate from you. I remember those times of despair, different stages in my life, stages where I've known you intimately and I'd still made bad choices and turned away from you and you always welcomed me back. Stages in my life where I just didn't want to know you at all and yet you still love me and welcome me back. Places in my life where I never knew you and I never understood who you were and yet I encountered you and through your death and your resurrection found newness of life. Father, I pray for us today that maybe whether we feel like a bit of an imposter ourselves that's not contributing but causing more of a problem than being a solution, I pray that you would help us to be people that go around mending the station that we live in. Father God, I pray for those of us here today that maybe feel a little bit lost and confused. Maybe we're playing the game and we're going through life and we're going, I don't know who the imposter is. All these things look sus to me and I can't make sense of it all. I pray over the course of this series as we come up to Christmas, Lord, that we would encounter you and find the healing we need and that you would help us to see the imposters in our lives, the things coming to rob us of your peace, your joy, your goodness, your love for us. Maybe, God, some of us have different issues that we don't really talk about, that we're struggling with. You know, and you died on the cross to set us free. And we pray that we would experience that freedom. And I pray, Father, over the next two weeks that we have of church, in this Christmas period, you would do something special in all of us. In Jesus' name. Amen.
We really hope you enjoyed today's message. And if you'd like to find out more about City Hill, please visit our website, cityhill.london. We are the light. We are the light.